The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Alice Lattermill, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. Tell me this, Allison, what is your favorite high-tech gadget in the house? Well, I don't know how high-tech it is, but um, I believe early in the morning, my favorite gadget in the house is definitely the orange espresso machine that we have. Orange espresso? <laughs> like it makes espresso out of oranges? No, it's orange colored, and I, I think it's fancy, and I've finally mastered it. Oh, the machine's orange. Yes. Oh, okay. That the espresso makes is a not lot orange. More sense. The espresso is kind of a brownish color with like a nice yeah. little lighter brown foam on top, and then you can't even see the brown color because then it's covered by this nice steamed milk that I do uh-huh. with a little cinnamon on top. It's delicious. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, my favorite high tech uh, gadget is probably the. Uh, the Xbox 360. Just of course it is. Because it has games and stuff on it. And because you mention it on every podcast. Not every podcast. A lot of podcasts. A, a few. It's been, just been really good of late because of that, that darn Western game. But, but anyway, my point being, uh, as high tech as these gadgets are, the electric grid that, that, that fuels them, uh, with their energy is not necessarily all that high tech. Um, but it is a crazy, large, complicated machine, mm-hmm. perhaps the world's largest machine. Yeah. I've heard that touted. Mm-hmm. And it's depend, a lot of it's depending on like 100 year old infrastructure, mm-hmm. some 50 year old assets. It's like a, this weird mix of, of just really outdated stuff and just cutting edge, um, you know, technology. Um, and it's, 
to the point where it's not really that e- efficient or not as ef- not nearly as efficient as we need it to be. Yeah, and as it could be. And so that's why we're talking today about the smart grid. Right. The smart and this this term's getting gets thrown around a lot and it's it is it is complicated. Like you can't just you can't just go to the, you know, you, nobody can realistically say, "Hey, when are we getting smart grid around here?" or, you know, "Go to the store and buy me some smart grid." <laughs> you know, it's it's a little more complicated than that. Um like the analogy that keeps coming to my mind is like think of the internet, okay, right? Right. It encompasses data, hardware, software, users, um, you know, massive companies, distributors. It's a system, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Power is much the same way. All right. The grid is the is a manner by which power is produced, delivered, consumed, and accounted for. Sure. All right. Yeah. And if you follow this, follow, th- th- it's like this chain. All right. On one end, we have generation of power, mm-hmm. power plants, et cetera. And on the far end, we have us yes, sucking up the power. Right. We have Xbox 360s and orange uh, espresso <laughs> machines. Right, 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 right. And then we have several different links in between. These links are, all right, again, generation is the first one. Then transmission. Then you have your substation. And this is where voltage is transformed from high to low or the reverse using transformers. Yeah. Not the robots in disguise, but, you know, transformers, <laughs> electrical transformers. And then, then you have a distribution point, right? Right, distribution. And then you have your home. Yeah, that last mile and the, and the home and us. Right. So the the smart grid in concept is about making each link in this chain more efficient on an individual level and increasing communication across the grid to make it all smarter. Right. All right. Smarter systems and enabling smarter users. Right. Because you can have the smartest system in the world, but of course we need to know how to use it in the best way possible, the most efficient way possible. Right. And that's why it's so complicated. We're talking about upgrading an, 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 a huge system, you know, the, like I say, the largest machine in the world. Right. And what's, why, why should you care about this? Because it ultimately breaks down to lower energy bills, of course, mm-hmm. um, a better carbon footprint and smarter, more informed energy usage. Yeah. And if you want to get off fossil fuels, you know, for what, you know, whether you're talking about political for political reasons or environmental reasons or cost reasons. Yeah, et cetera. Then then this in, in many people's eyes is the bridge to that from the you know from an oil based world to uh, a purely electrical world. Right. So let's get smart in our house. Yeah, around the house, there are a number of things that make uh, make up a you know smart grid just around the house. And um, we got uh, some pretty basic ones like motion detectors. Mm-hmm, yeah, like I, hey, I'm not in my if I'm not in the study and I don't want the lights on in the study. You have it set up to motion detectors. You know. You know, this whole discussion on, on smart grid technology did lead me to wonder whether someday we could get to um, motion detected air conditioning. I don't know. Sounds like an awesome idea. The um, Another big one, and uh, we go into this in our uh, How Stuff Works article about vampire power, um, uh, is um, an article which you wrote. Yes, I did. I had to fight to get it called vampire power, though. You did. Yeah. What was the alternative? They wanted to use phantom load, which is another <laughs> term for it. Which when vampire I vampire power is so much sexier. Yeah, um, my wife thinks that that uh, phantom load sounds like if you go to like change a baby's diaper and it's <laughs> no, empty. No, no. Then it's phantom load. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, but uh, but okay. So um, yeah, you have these smart power strips. Uh, for instance, there's a mass. You can get master slave strips. All right, which sounds intriguing. Yeah, it's um, basically the idea is you have like one dedicated like master plug mm-hmm. on this power strip, mm-hmm. and then you have slave plugins. The idea being like take your entertainment system, right? Um, say that uh, say like you you have like your your video game console you have your dvd player your sound system you know wh- whatever you, you have several different um 
machines there, and they all depend on the TV. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to be using your Xbox without the TV on. So you plug the TV into the master slot, and then everything else goes into the slave slots. Gotcha. So unless the master um, device is on, there's not going to be any power available to the slave slots. And okay. the whole reason is that vampire power is the amount of energy that those those different uh, machines uh, drain, even if they're on, even if they're off. Right. Yeah. But plugged in. Yeah, like that little red dot blinking at you on your device, even though it's off. Vampire power. And then you have stuff like Energy Star appliances. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the the washer dryer, the front loader, that's good stuff. I mean, but the the Energy Star covers lots of appliances. And then smart meters. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we should also mention common sense too. You know, I mean, it's like, do I have two refrigerators when I only need one? You know, just kind of common sense things like that. So I have to mention, um, sorry, mom and dad, that we, uh, my parents are really big into having two refrigerators and there are two people. <laughs> and so we went and I was a little surprised and they're like, oh, well, we just turned on the second fridge out in the garage and it was really nice. I mean, there are, you know, Cokes and various other beverages that mm-hmm. I like to consume. Um, in the fridge, but I was like, why, why do they have two refrigerators <laughs> running? Why don't they just stick the extra beverages on the pantry floor or something like that? It was kind of an odd system. Well, you never know when you're going to want to sit down and drink 24 Coca-Colas in <laughs> fast succession, you know? I think there is also some Corona light in there. But in their defense, my husband very, 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 very much wants to get a deep freeze. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. A lot of people are on this two fridge kick. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so common sense. Maybe don't have that second fridge if you uh, if you want to get down with the smart grid technology. But uh, but like I said, the other big one is the smart meter. And yeah, this, and this is the one that gets a lot more play uh, of late. And this the, sounds really cool. Yeah, smart meters are just basically physical meters, you know, like on the wall in your house uh, that allow for two way communication between you, um, your home, and oh, in the wide area network. All right. So how much power are you using? How much is available? You know what the rate is. It's like you know the utilities, the utility company is able to see how much power is is required on the local level, and you're able to see like how much am I using right now. Ideally, you'd be able to look at a, a, a smart meter and see like what's your what's your power usage now uh, versus what it was exactly one week ago. Right, right. You know? That's pretty cool. Yeah, because that's one of the, the the big things. It's like being able to tell tell you know what you're using, you know, and changing it. You know, right, and modify behavior. Mm-hmm. Or, or not modify behavior depending on, 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 you know, what your power usage is showing. So are these things out? Uh, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been using them in different locations. And actually, um, like commercial, they've been available, like, for commercial, um, uh, buildings, um, in, in various stages for a while. Uh, like for instance, I, I recently toured the, uh, the Woodruff Art Center here mm-hmm. in Atlanta for an article about their, uh, their various green innovations, including a green roof. And um, they have this really cool display out front, like on a touch screen, where like visitors, and this is also available online, um, where you can like you can actually see their real time energy usage. Right. So so that's that kind of thing has been around for a little while. And uh, an example of uh, of people rolling it out uh, uh, on a more local level, um, it's. Uh, let's I think see. they have these things in California and in Texas, right? Uh huh. Six thousand apartments in Oklahoma City were giving sm- given smart meters and uh, smart thermostats. And it gave tenants, uh, you know, an, an idea of how much power they're consuming and how they were spending. And apparently that went really well. So another big thing that smart meters could enable is uh, something called a time of use pricing. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Right. So think about your electricity bill and however much it runs. And it's just this lump sum. Right. Mm-hmm. But think about whether um, that 
energy bill, that electricity bill, was broken out according to uh, different rates of the day. So um, when there's a huge demand for energy in the middle of the day, when everybody's at work and using their laptops or doing whatever it is they're doing, maybe you have a higher price. Um, and then at night when it's cooler and energy demand has uh, dropped off a little, then your, your rate might be lower. Right. And it, it, to a certain degree, degree, it could almost be like playing the stock market. You know, it's like, What's the energy price right now? Yeah. You know, should I should I watch uh, all my children, you know, or should I just go play with my actual children in the yard or something? You know, <laughs> because th- because of the the cost of electricity. Right. So we could redefine how and when energy is consumed. I um, I talked to um, uh, a member of uh, Green Tech Media recently, okay. David Leeds, author of uh, The Smart Grid in 2010, which uh-huh. is a fabulous free online source. If, you, if you're out there and you're thinking, I really would like 136 pages of really good info about Smart Grid. Yeah, and where forget it that 20 right minutes now. Robert and Allison are giving me. I want the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, well, this is, this is, they're aimed at, we're aimed at totally different audiences here. But yeah, if this isn't Indeed. enough and you want some really hardcore data, I highly recommend uh, Green Tech Media uh, for that. But uh, but anyway, I was talking to him, and he, he pointed out that one of the um, the crucial um, things, the stumbling block to some of this technology, is uh, you need regulatory reform to encourage consumer involvement in smart grid by eliminating single fixed retail rate for most electrical consumption. All right. So, so what's the problem with this? Well, that's because you're just flying a, paying a flat fee. You know, it wouldn't be a, a, an issue of like what's what's electricity priced right now. That, you know, we would want to bring in time of use rates, all right, implemented in your smart smart meter on your, your home energy management system. Right. So your gut instinct is, oh, no, my, my electricity bill is going to be higher, right? I mean, that would be mine. Well, that's I mean, that's one of the ongoing sort of concerns. And, and that has to do with the with actually uh, implementing that, you know, a lot of the smart grid technologies. You have to do it in a way so that you don't just, you know, spike the cost of electricity. But uh, but that's that's kind of a whole another issue that, that people are dealing with, right? And then businesses, um, you have to wonder how this would affect them. Would they be psyched about point of use? Or, I'm sorry, time of use pricing, mm-hmm. or 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 not? I mean, would they have room to maneuver? Would they have room to really change their behavior? I mean, would it be something like, um, well, gee, you know, we're using a lot of energy, and there's a real heat wave coming coming through and, you know, maybe we should implement a teleworking policy. Yeah, exactly. Like it's getting like due to the heat and the cost of electricity, it's like more expensive to keep the office staffed, uh, you know, in certain hours of the day. So, yeah, let them maybe that solution is letting them work at home. Maybe the solution is having a siesta, letting us all (laughs) go home after lunch. Yeah. Come back around twilight when it's cooled off a little bit or shorts all the time. We already have shorts Friday. You do know that, right? I don't, I don't Are really you going to bust shorts. out the shorts Friday? Come on. I don't really wear shorts, not, unless I'm at the beach. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there are a number of different uh, different things I think that um, you know a, a company could do. And that's the thing. They would have the freedom to sort of play with it. And who knows? If, if we got to the point where, where we had uh, had uh, you know the, the, the time of use pricing available, maybe flat fee stuff would still be available for people who could you know do that. You know, it's kind of like, are you paying paying by the download for something or are you paying like a flat fee for unlimited downloads kind of a deal i don't know you know i'm just speculating on different ways that well gas companies play. offer floating rates i think mm-hmm. as opposed to fixed price plans like you can lock in your price for you know a period of 12 months but so maybe maybe they could do something similar i have to wonder how the power companies feel about this because if we're all getting smarter mm-hmm. about uh the way we're using power then doesn't that mean we're using less and doesn't that mean that they're you know not going to get as much money from us yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I think in, in places that's kind of a concern. Uh, I think the uh, example that uh, that Leeds used was, uh, was it's kind of like 
convincing Starbucks to make it their business to sell less coffee to the consumer. <laughs> so that's certainly on people's radar. Oh, and it, uh, another thing that uh, that smart meters would allow is this thing called uh, demand response, okay. which is a pretty cool idea. And this is where um, utilities would uh, would give an incentive to a com- customers to reduce their consumption at critical peak times. All right, so it's like take we're talking about like an hour, you know, during a summer day when it's like where electricity is is just really being pumped, right? right. So certain people will have a, like pre agreed on their contract that if they cut down their usage during those hours, they'll get an incentive check. So you know, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So moving out of the uh, the home. For yeah. a little bit. We're going to come back around to the home in the end. But uh, you move back up the chain and you hit the distribution section. All right. And uh, and, and we're, we're going to we're going to breeze through some of these these middle areas a little little faster. But like with the. Um, the distribution, it's like if you. If, right. How's this tying into smart grids? Right. And it's, it's like the smart grid stuff in your house. It kind of like flows back up the channel. Mm-hmm. Like the more you know about what's being done on the the consumer end, the smarter each link in the chain going all the way back to production can be. Right. So you were talking about giving incentives to customers uh, to not use, uh, to not suck up power at peak demands. Well, how is that going to help a distribution point? Because uh, maybe they will not have as many outages going on. Yeah. It's kind of like we were talking, we kept talking about hamburgers when we were going over this before, because it's like. <laughs> Maybe because it was lunchtime. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, it's like imagine you have a table and they're, and you, they're being sent four hamburgers, mm-hmm. whether they're going to eat it, you know, is a, is a different, different issue. But they're being sent four hamburgers, but maybe they only need three. Smart grid is like knowing that they only need three hamburgers at this time. So you don't send five. Right. Yeah, we're getting smarter about yeah. our hamburgers and our power usage. More hamburger analogies to come. So, <laughs> so yeah, the distribution area um, involves that. Also involves uh, something called uh, phasor uh, management units, which is just allows us to keep more precise tabs on electrical usage in the smart grid and take a lot of the guesswork again out of supplying it. All right, so let's move on up to the substation. Yeah, this again is where transformers uh, convert high to low voltage or the reverse. And uh, an example of uh, smart grid optimization at this point would be monitoring and correcting the voltage in the transformers, all right? We're talking basically real-time ability to monitor and tweak millions of transformers and reduce wasted power and improve efficiency. So, again, it's that. It's the the, the smart meter in the home, like all that information, like, going back up the chain. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The system would detect a higher low voltage level reading um, that's exceeding the normal threshold, and it could automatically send this corrective action to adjust the voltage back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and um, apparently in a lot, a lot of cases you'd have people who would, in the past it would be underjuiced, you know, yeah. they wouldn't be getting enough power, but more often than not overjuiced. So, I think you're overjuiced on a regular basis, dude. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of free coffee around here. But um, <laughs> But 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 anyway, yeah, it's it's like but down to the hamburgers again. It's like preventing a situation where we're sending five hamburgers to a table that only needs three. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting, and I'm glad you brought it up because historically the utility companies have had little control beyond the substation, and that's mm-hmm. where we're at right now uh, in the chain uh, talking about. So North American utilities, uh, being highly risk averse, have never really wanted to admit to problems of low voltage uh, and supplying low voltage to customers that can regularly occur. And so the challenge of um, optimizing the energy going to this huge network from the substation meant that, yeah, some consumers were going to have to live with this low subpar voltage. 
Yeah. All right. Now we're going to roll up another link on the chain back towards uh, power generation, this time transmission. Right. And we're not going to spend much time on this one either. This one is basically uh, we can start using superconducting uh, cables to reduce line loss. So less electricity is lost in transit on the lines. And you're carrying three to five uh, times more power. Yeah, that sounds pretty so smart pretty to good. me. And so now we roll back one more, and now we're at the generation level. Yeah, the point of generation, mm-hmm. the, whether it's the coal plants or the nuclear power plants or whatever we're talking about. And sadly, we still are talking a lot about coal and more more and more, though, natural gas. Right. Now, and even if alternative energy like wasn't in the picture, at the very least, it would be a situation where we wouldn't be rolling out more and more uh, like coal power plants, more and more natural gas to solve a problem, you know. Uh, by 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 making everything on the rest of the chain smarter, mm-hmm. we're not having to just create extra energy to account for shortfalls. Right. I, I sort of think of it, um, here in Atlanta, we like to build highways, right? Yes. And instead of building, um, you know, say, say a train system or mm-hmm. more efficient highways, usually we just add a lane to the highway. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a perfect, uh, perfect uh, picture to paint. Yeah. It's like instead of adding just more and more lanes till you have this just ridiculous, ungodly, um, you know, thick road that just scares my mother to death. <laughs> you would actually, you know, it's like actually let's streamline the system. Let's let's make the system smarter, not um, just more out of control and just, you know, increase the base. Right. Right. Um, but uh, the the uh, the integration of uh, alt- uh, renewables and alternative energy sources is is a part of the smart grid. Uh, and part of the plans for a smart grid future. Um, one of the problems, though, is you, you you can't necessarily count on some of these uh, these renewable energies as as well. Like take wind energy. Right. So you mentioned the Great Texas Windout of two thousand eight, where wind energy dropped substantially in just three hours, and the amount that was lost was comparable to basically losing a large size conventional power plant. Um, and the system operators that were unfortunately working that day, mm-hmm. they had to resort to emergency demand response, which meant they were curtailing power to interruptible customers in order to avoid a blackout. Yeah, and it's it's the weather. Yeah, so, and the weather is is basically not a predictable thing. I mean, we can forecast it to a limited uh, degree within a very limited time frame, and uh, it you, you can't really book for energy as much on it. So that's just the the reality of that. Uh, now. That this, this is where a storage issue comes in into play. Like one of the big things about electricity is that for the most part, um, we have to use it as soon as we make it. Um, to go back to the hamburgers, it's like imagine if there was no freezer in the back with extra hamburgers. All the hamburgers are on the grill, right? right. You know, and we're we're cooking them, and we're just going to have to eat them. And if we don't use them, we're going to waste them. And, you know, it's, 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 it's that kind of situation. And, and sadly, the storage isn't, isn't, the storage technology is, is developing. We have some, some very good storage going on in places, but not to the point where, where we can, uh, you know, say like, oh, summer's coming up. We need to, you know, we need to store a whole bunch of power away to deal with, uh, you know, those guys running AC out in California. Right. But to your point, batteries do back up the guts of the grid. You'd mentioned in Charleston, West Virginia, there's a substation that, um, unfortunately, used to overheat every time too many customers drew current through it. Mm-hmm. So then what did American Electric Power do? They installed a battery to supply electricity on peak demand days, and the substation stopped overheating. Similarly, up in Alaska, they used to suffer outages with every glitch on the power line between Anchorage and Fairbanks. 
So they installed this soccer field size battery to cover the line during soccer failure. Soccer field size battery. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a giant, giant battery. And I think that kind of like gives you an idea of, of what we're dealing with here. It's like, we just can't put soccer field size batteries everywhere. You know? That, yeah. I that, think my historic district people would yeah, they highly would object to that. Not like that. Uh, it, it comes back to the, the story we were talking about earlier with the, uh, the grasshopper and the ant. Yeah. Do I have this right? The grasshopper would just eat and eat and eat, and then the ant would store away for winter, and then winter comes, and then the ant, the grasshopper is like, "Whoa, I don't have anything to eat." And the ant, silly grasshopper, yeah, and the ant's like, "Silly grasshopper, I got food back here." So we want to be like the ant in terms of our electricity usage, but we're really more like the grasshopper at this point. We're 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 somewhere in between, working towards antdom. Yeah, we're becoming smarter grasshoppers. And I think we're working toward the ultimate goal. Yeah, the ultimate, the ultimate goal is, is the, is the smart grid. We're talking about just, like I say, making the chain between generation and usage smarter. Another, uh, and this is where we tie back around to the user is, um, this, uh, this idea of distributed generation and storage. Yeah. And this is where at the user end of the chain, it's going to wait. This you know, is you. This is you. Like, like um, a rough example would be like, all right, you know, it's going to get uh, get hot. You might have some shortfalls uh, uh, getting some um, some electricity during certain times of the year. So maybe you have a lot of wind and you have a couple of windmill wind turbine things put up, right? Right. To couple of, slap a couple of solar panels, which you can rent now, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Solar panels or, you know, you're some sort of battery system, et cetera, where you're doing you're generating or storing power on the user end. To, uh, to to sort of help out the supply coming in from the rest of the chain. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you guys uh, are using smart meters or have any experience with smart grid technology, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, you know, regardless of your if you're like if you're a part of like some sort of a test uh, case in a particular city, or if you're just doing a lot of stuff on your own end to just you know sort of force the smart grid at the the local level, tell us about that. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, send us an email at science stuff at howstuffworks.com. And meanwhile, we'll be chatting up smart grids on Facebook and Twitter, too. We're on Facebook. You can find us at Stuff from the Science Lab. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, we are Lab Stuff. RL yeah. is the master of tweeting. So be sure to tune in and check out his tweets. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Uh, tune back in next week, and we'll have uh, two more uh, exciting podcasts about something from the wide world of science. Yeah, and thanks for listening, guys. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway and for a limited time get more fun for less with the michigan bundle for just 49.99 exclusive to michigan residents only get admission parking and all-day drinks for one low price but you better hurry because this bundle won't last long save now at cedarpoint.com Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 